Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Casting the Net. Today is a continuation from last week on the topic of holy orders. It's a little bit of a question and answer session between Father Dave and Rick, so that makes this episode a little bit more unique. Um, There's some great quotes in this one. One of my favorite ones is where Father Dave says, I'm at my best when I am acutely aware of my weakness and I turn to Christ in that moment. What a neat quote. They talk about grace of the sacraments. They go into a little bit more detail on marriage. They reference a few authors. They talk about leadership. And they even go into some detail on what the title of Father means to Father Dave. So we hope you enjoy, and we will see you again next week. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey, friends, we're back. Father Dave and my co-host, Rick, we are casting the net. And last week, we we promised bonus, uh, bonus episode on, on Holy Orders <laughs> as it, it kind of went in some directions, Rick, that I don't think either one of us were anticipating. No, I'm glad it did, though. Totally. It, 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 um, it underscored because we, we talked a little bit about marriage and yes. we, of course we, we covered holy orders and it underscored that yeah. those two vocations and the sacraments that um, that are behind them they're not they're not alien to one another they're, no. they're related in lots of ways that we wouldn't necessarily expect or, no, or I really appreciated that I, I really felt like the Holy Spirit was working through us in the conversation to bring that union or communion between marriage and holy orders that they are not opposite ends of a continuum. But both, as you pointed out last week, through the catechism of the Catholic Church, described as uh, sacraments of service of communion. Mm-hmm. I mean, both orientated for the same end mm-hmm. and uh, equip and empower uh, the recipients to do just that, mm-hmm. uh, service that brings about deepening communion. Yeah. That they're, they're very similar, though lived out differently. Lived out differently, right, right. I remember in um, the letter to the Hebrews, you know, whoever whoever the author of the Hebrews is, he remarks the whole letter is is um, has a lot to say about priesthood. You know, that not necessarily priesthood as we conceive it. It would be you know the priesthood as first century Jews slash Christians would would think of it, but still relevant for you, obviously. And uh, the author of the letter to the Hebrews remarks that the, that the I think this is almost verbatim. He says that the priest is beset with weakness, hmm. so he can be aware of his solidarity with the people he serves. Wow, is that? I mean, is that the case? Is well, is that true in your in, in your experience? I think. Let me keep it first person. Yeah, singular. Sure. I'm at my best. I'm at my best when I'm acutely aware of my weakness, and. I turn to Christ in that moment. Yeah. I'll give an example. I've developed the habit almost always, with very rare exception, and that would probably only be because of absolute urgency that is brought to my attention. When I go to hospitals or any other institution that would give me the occasion to use a stairwell, mm. I've developed you're a not, habit. You're not the first priest. Did I mention I've, this to you? Or no, I, I've heard other priests say the exact same thing. Why, I, why do you do that? I go to the stairwell to buy time 
to lean into Christ. So as I'm yeah. ascending the stairs, yeah. I am simply begging the Lord to help me, mm. to use me as you will, as opposed to trying to... The, the human response is to manipulate the outcome so I can be comfortable. Yeah. The Christic response, the response of the high priest who summons me in that moment to act in his name and to act in his person is to pour self out for benefit of other service of communion. And there is no rehearsing what to say. There's no rehearsing <laughs> what to do. Right. There's only the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings to implore yeah. to use me as unworthy as I am in this moment, though called. <clears throat> Yeah. And so I find that the practice of the stairwell, and of course it never fails in, in the city of Toledo, when I'm at Toledo Hospital, never fails that I'm going up to eight, nine, ten, <laughs> <laughs> which the Lord is reminding me, you really need to trust me. You really yeah. need to trust me, you yeah. know? But that's been really helpful to me. Uh, uh, a sobering reminder, it's not my words mm-hmm. or, or my actions, just simply trust me to work through you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah. And it seems like so much of the priest's vocation um, is about losing himself in, in pastoral mm. love, in, in charity, mm. um, so that, that Christ can be encountered through him, mm. um, so that so others can in, encounter Christ through him. Very similar to, to, to married couples, right? I mean, we, we touched on this when we when we did second sac- more about that. Oh, just how my 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 friend, my Protestant friend that I mentioned, who uh, just loathes the, um, the the passage that talks that that where Paul's exhorting women to be yeah. obedient to their husbands. Yeah. Um, while she, submissive, yeah, I think submiss- is how it yeah. sometimes gets translated. Though right. we we shared, there's an understanding and context that's important to know. Mm-hmm. But continue. Yeah, missing the second part of that passage, yeah. which is. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. So it, Paul's really, um, you know, proposing in in his first century sort of way that both are are to submit to one another, right? I mean, yeah. Christ's giving of, of himself to the church is a sacrifice. Yes, there's, there's nothing political or or domineering yes. about it. Yes, um, and that that sort of love can only be practiced through. Losing ourselves in Jesus, yeah, you know, through being conformed to Him, us, to, you know, lay people too. It's not just a, not just the, um, something that uh, priests have to rely on. You mm. can only love mm. through the love, like Christian. When we're talking about Christian love, right. you can only love through the love right. of Christ, through right. you, through union with Christ. That's right. You know, so husband and wife have to lean into Christ as well. Yeah, yeah. and that's what the grace of the sacrament is for, yeah. conforming us to Christ, so that we can do that. Yeah, so that we can lose ourselves in love. And the grace of the sacrament endows you, Rick, as a recipient of the sacrament of marriage, with a power that's within you. Mm-hmm. It's already there. That's right. It doesn't diminish with years of marriage. Yeah. You yeah. know, it doesn't have a shelf life, right? Yeah. So for the priest, I'm sorry, did you? No, okay. please. Um, we get hung up a lot on, uh, I, don't, I don't know, in my experience, this this is a, this is a question that a lot of people wonder about, like, that that priest just seems kind of like a mediocre dude or, or a rotten guy. Like how mm. how can he do what he does? Mm. How can he celebrate the sacraments? How can he how can he hear confession? Well, there, there's a really important Catholic theological principle, ex opere operato. Yeah, you know, which which translates to was it by the 
Well, how's it? How's it? I can't remember how to, how how it's translated exactly by the by the work by working. The, yeah, by the work. There you go. By the work working. By by the by the yeah. By the work working is fine. But um, and what that means essentially is you because you've been you know configured to Christ in the way that you are. He's working through you, um, and it has nothing to do with your moral quality, That's right. with your um, you know. Disposition, disposition. Whether you, even my belief, even if I were to yeah. not believe what I was doing, so long as I say the words that are prescribed and do the actions that are prescribed, yeah. the faithful have the total assurance that that which is um, believed to be happening has happened. Yeah, because of God's gratuitous solely you're, because you're, of God has nothing gratuity. to do with your word. Has nothing to do with perform. This is not performance, and this is where. This is where some Catholics today um, misunderstand terribly what the sacraments are. This is yeah. not performance. We're not to be entertained. We're not to be stimulated. For those who want to get something out of it, like a, going to a movie or a show and to, to somehow be um, edified by something, mm-hmm. no, this is encountering the living God whenever we have a sacrament. Yeah. And he... it's... Please. He wants to touch you yes. with his love, and he's set up certain channels for that to happen, and it will happen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that the that the vessel through which it happens is fragile or corrupt or cracked. It's going to happen because he, right. he wants to make it happen. Yeah. Um, that principle isn't quite as strong in marriage, but we can, we can be confident that we have been given graces and that union has been effected, and it's it's there. Like we're, yeah. we're, we're not we're not we're not trying to. Earn it. Yes. It's been given to us. Yes. Yes. That's so, right. So, you know, similar, again, analogous sort of uh, idea at work. But, yeah. um, and the but assurance it, for Catholics, again, is that the sacrament is um, legitimate, authentic, real. Yeah. I don't have to wonder for um, an ordained priest who leaves the active ministry. Oh my gosh, is my marriage still valid? Is mm-hmm. my baptism still valid? Yep. There's no concerns about that whatsoever. Right. Because the priest has exited active yeah. ministry that doesn't invalidate everything that was done. And That's so there's, right. there's great assurance that we have for that and great relief that I have mm-hmm. that my moral disposition is not a qualifying yeah. criteria for the legitimacy of the sacrament. Right. I'm just really struck by the beauty of, you know, ex opere operato sounds really arid and, and sort of, you know, not really relevant for regular people. It illustrates a really beautiful thing about God and about humanity too. Yes, um, that even you know, just as it says in Hebrews, like God works through weakness. The the, the passage we just talked about in Hebrews, rather, um, God works through weakness, and um, He is not going to let <laughs> our frailty stymie Him. You know, have you read? Uh, have you read, read Power and the Glory? By Graham oh, Greene. sure, but it's been a long time ago. It's been a while for me, too, but I was thinking about it today. Um, oh, sure, with it's, the it's, nature it's, of the topic. It's, it's, really, it's, it's a relevant text. Yeah. It's, it was written by Graham Greene, who was an English Catholic author in the middle part of the 20th century. Um, as I understand, it sort of scandalized some people when it came out because a lot of people at the time had, um, again, sort of romanticized ideas about mm, priests the and priest. the priesthood. And this novel— is about a very flawed priest mm. living in Mexico, 
Um, he is he's on the lam because a, a secular government has taken power in Mexico and is out to um, to, to to squelch religion and it's uh, forcing priests to either lay aside and if they don't they're executed. Um, and this priest is he's 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 running he's 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 trying to save his skin. Um, he is flawed. He's he's an alcoholic. He's you know had an illegitimate daughter. Um, he's, he's being protected by very brave, lowly lay people who are, mm. you know, a great, a great risk to themselves, wow. but he's, yeah. he's the coward, you know, he's the one yeah. who's, who's, who's running and benefiting from it. Um, and yet it, it never seems to occur to him to, to stop being a priest and he, he, he loses his bravery. So he can't say his, he can't say his prayers yeah. that he's, you know, that there's a requirement to say, yeah. but he still, he still brings Christ to people, even in his weakness. He celebrates mass. He, he does hear confessions throughout the course of the novel. And while it's not something out of, um, it's not something from a, a stained glass window, he does, <laughs> he does, uh, you know, suffer a martyr's death at the end. Yeah. And it's, it's a really fascinating depiction of, um, the interplay between human weakness and God's grace, because at the very end of the story, a woman uh, who he had encountered earlier in the story is, this is after the priest's death, um, is, is tremendously moved by his, uh, by his, what, what, what she could see of his life. Yeah. um, And is inspired by it. Yeah. You know, she considers him a martyr. She starts Mm. reading and reading, listing him in his, in, in her, um, her list of, uh, you know, Christian martyrs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's, if, if you want an example, a really good literary example that, uh, paints a beautiful picture of, again, the, the, um, the confluence of grace and human weakness, that's, that's a good one yeah. to, to pick up. What a wonderful way of saying that the sanctification happens, uh, through our human weakness, not over and above it, Yeah, but it's precisely there in weakness that we have opportunities to, Receive the grace, and to be uh, to be elevated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, boy, you've you're, you've you've inspired me to pick that one up again and to reread it. That's it's. Yeah, I, I know you you have read it. It's, and, it's, and we it's might worth say, a reread or a first time. You know, we sure. might say it's not about um, it's not about being perfect, not in this no. world. Uh, being perfected, and and how does that perfection take place by grace? Well, I have to need it. Mm-hmm. I have to need it. Mm-hmm. So that's a You have to know that you need you it. You have to know that you need it. Yeah. And then you have to want that, right? That's yeah, right. two things. Yeah. Yeah. And towards that end, God will God will never disappoint. Time and again, I am I'm just in situations I am so grateful for the for the provident God always uh making possible what is needed. And so often I don't know what's needed. God does. Right. And if I can shift into neutral and say, do with me as you will, mm-hmm. let me be your instrument and your servant and whatever the case may be. And it doesn't just have to be heavy, serious. It can also be, you know, joyful uh, gatherings and <clears throat> events as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to eclipse uh, someone else who rightly should be honored uh, right. or recognized, you right. know. Right. And, um, oh, God provides if we can just lean into him. Yeah. Well, geez, I mean, you know, the pastoral stuff, obviously that's, that's your primary work, but that's not all you do. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're a CEO of sorts too. Well, it, I mean, there's, there's I a lot of really it, mundane stuff that uh, a priest has to tend to as well. Well, that's, 
that that's part and parcel of daily life. Yeah. Uh, we all have those um, routine sure. responsibilities and duties that are necessary. I, I think the hardest thing today, well, I don't know if it's the hardest, but there's half the number of priests today in my diocese as there were when I started 30 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. Imagine an organization, imagine a institution, right? A yeah. school or a university losing 50% of its tenured faculty not to be replaced and still struggling valiantly um, in other quarters desperately mm. to maintain uh, what it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you how do you do that? How do you do that and stay healthy? How do you do that and stay holy yeah. when the demands have not reduced by a commensurate amount? And um, we've been slow to and slow to adapt to that reality. I, I don't know what the solution is, but I do know that the solution is not continuing to require those of us who are priests and pastors to do more with less. I do mm-hmm. know that that's not a, that's not a, um, it's not sustainable. It's not a sustainable solution. No. Everyone loses with that. Yeah, you can't Although be that's been the course of action. It doesn't seem like you, you can be what you're called to be, um, by, being right. asked to do more with less. That, and and some of that is the empowerment of laity for 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 the laity to be flourishing um, in parishes and in communities of faith, uh, to be about the task of leadership and strategy and direction, perhaps in ways that formerly we looked to the to the pastor to provide far more of a collaborative, cooperative effort mm-hmm. in leadership is it's not only required, it's that's that's a sign of a healthy, healthy yeah. Uh, parish. Yeah, sure, sure. Healthy ecclesiology, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 family. If if that's the metaphor that's, I think, apt to use, that parish ought to be family. Mm-hmm. And um, well, I mean, your, your your title is father, right? Spiritual paternity, spiritual yeah. fatherhood, and rightly it's understood. Rightly understood, that title is. Um, one that the faithful choose to use in recognition of the service of communion mm. that's been displayed, mm. not because it's on a web page or <laughs> on a nameplate. Mm. It really ought to be earned. Mm. That's a different way of understanding, Father. Indeed. Indeed. So we've been having the opportunity to talk about holy orders and again, not to the diminishment of the diaconate and the Episcopal orders, which are also ranks of reception of holy orders, similar offices of servant leadership for the sake of communion. Um, Deacons and priests, we exist because of the benevolence of bishops Mm. that a priest and a Deacon are really servants to the bishop and are able to function because of the bishop endowing us with the authority to act Mm. where we are. And so there's a communion that's also at play between the orders themselves, if you will, deacon, priest, and bishop. We've been emphasizing a lot about the priest as pastor with his parish, but there's also a communion that's really not hierarchical as much as it's familial. I was just going to say, it, it sounds familial. 
Yeah, in just... the ecclesial documents, that is how it is um, expressed. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the world of time, we have all sorts of challenges with that. Yeah. And we have a high priest who is the high priest. Right. <laughs> His name is Jesus. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, and it, I mean, it's, of course, it's all patterned after the, the the familial life of God, the inner life of God, the communion of person. So That's would, exactly right. It would stand to reason that, um, you know, the sacrament of holy orders would play out that way, that parish life should play out that way, um, because it's all just imaging what we've been conformed yeah. to anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was just, maybe as a final final comment, I— I had the opportunity. Well, I I come from a family of um, uh, strong marriages, priests and sisters, uh, consecrated religious. Mm -hmm. So I come from a very Catholic family. And in my life, a great influence was a great uncle who was a priest, Mm. 62 years, wonderful priest and faithful priest in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee uh, from the area of the country where I hail. And I asked him once— Actually, asked him the question in a letter. This is a long time ago, right? When, when we wrote <laughs> what letters. Are, what are letters? When we what, wrote what letters. That? And I asked him, um, I, I was influenced by an article I had read in my doctoral studies, but I asked him the question without giving him any context. Who is the priest that you want? Hmm. Who is the priest that you want? And he shared with me a response I wasn't expecting it to be as profound for him to pause and to ponder the answer to that question mm-hmm. and then to write the response, a response that I that I cherish to this day. But at the heart of the priest that he wants, the priest that he would want, is is a man of authenticity, a man of great love of God and great love of neighbor, and one who is fundamentally in service of communion. Mm. Now, that wasn't exactly the phrase that he used. Service was one that he used. But we're at our best when we're the water that is poured into the wine at the altar in Mm. the beginning rite Mm -hmm. of of the liturgy of the Eucharist, where for a moment the water and the wine are two distinct entities, and then all of a sudden... The water is no longer visible because it's been completely assimilated into the wine as we look into the chalice. And I think the priest, the ordained priest, and I would say the ordained deacon and the ordained bishop mm-hmm. as well, are at our best when we are assimilated into mm-hmm. the love of Christ, which is profoundly operative. Mm-hmm. He must increase, I must decrease. Amen. Yeah, yeah John 3, John, 3. John the Baptist. He yeah. must increase. I, and and it's true for all of us. It's true yeah, for all of that's us. That's right. So many all, of the things the we baptized. talk about yeah. are, are, are universally applicable to all Christians, but yeah. uh, in a special way to ordain priesthood. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really important uh, to be asking Christ to do that. And sometimes it's really hard to receive that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, you feel I my pain. <laughs> I, I do, and I'm not a priest, but I know exactly what you what you yes, speak you of do, there father. As, as a married yes, father. Yes, you do, yes, father. Right. <laughs> yeah, biological father. Yeah, two fathers here, so enjoying uh, the conversation, the conversation about the faith, a faith which gives life and and meaning and purpose 
to our lives of faith, which is uh, given to us as gift. And thank you for spending time with us. We're casting the net. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net. 